Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal of positive football history. And we are still right in the middle of Rose Bowl month. We are celebrating 100 years of the great venue of the name Rose Bowl, where they have the game uh, and all kinds of different activities have been there. The people, the places, the things. And we have a lot of help coming on these uh, 40 days of Rose Bowl history for the 100th anniversary. And tonight is no exception. We have our good friend, Rich Smelter, great historian uh, of football, PFRA member, and a lot of different football books he's written. Uh, Rich, welcome back to the pig pen. Darren, my pleasure. You know, I, I I never get tired of jumping in the pig pen with you. It's an awesome show, and I so appreciate you having me on. Well, the pleasure is all ours, and we are excited to have you here once again. And I, I know you've got always got something cooking, Rich. So what, what do you have going on football-wise in your life right now? Okay, right now I'm finishing up my first edition of a project called Championship Diary Series. And it's going to be geared toward Super Bowls, even pre-Super Bowl games, the first one I worked on about is about my beloved 1983 Raiders, but it's called Super Bowl uh, Championship Diaries presents Super Bowl 18. And I don't give anything away. Well, actually, I, I did right now, but uh, most of them, I don't give anything away until the actual end. So I want the reader to just kind of follow it. And um, it starts, it's, it's, it's really a cool project because I was lucky enough to have uh, found media guides. And I was able to break the team down what actually what dates these players were were brought on. So you can actually break the team down and just, you know, how this whole team was formed, the coaching staff, and it's good game by game, uh, anything and everything dealing with Super Bowls. And I'm even gonna going to branch out on some with the NBA finals and World Series as well. And I'm trying to experiment a little bit with Stanley with the Stanley Cup. And uh, a good friend of mine, Grayson, is trying to help me out with that because he's a big hockey fan and a hockey player at one time. So he's trying to teach me some of that. So, but I, I love it. I just love it. Now, now, what kind of media will these be in? Are these like a podcast or a book? Or they're they're going to be a book. I'm publishing under my own label, uh, okay. Malibu Sunset Media, uh, and um, it's going to be an ebook form and published on demand. And okay. I'm going to uh, Kindle Kindle Digital Publishing on that. 
Well, we look forward to that. So let us know when those come out and uh, we'll help uh, spread the word about it. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Now, you know, we, we put you on a little bit of a project here with us to help us celebrate the Rose Bowl. And uh, you're going to be on a few of these episodes and uh, tonight uh, being the first one. And what, what uh, game are you going to talk about this evening? I'm going to talk about the very first Rose Bowl in January, January 1st, 1923. Now, According to a lot of people, they probably thought I was at that game, but I was not at that game. <laughs> For the people that are listening, that would they would say something like that. No, I wasn't. You, you, know? you couldn't get a train ticket? Is that the problem? I couldn't get a train ticket. No, I was still in high school. When, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll make some people laugh. I, I can't name them by name because it would take too long, but they know who they are. <laughs> All right, so the, so you're saying this is the first Rose Bowl because this is actually uh, the season that the Rose Bowl Stadium opened up uh, before it was called uh, a, by a different name. Uh, I believe it was called the, what, the Tournament of Roses East-West game. Yes, and that was, the East-West game was in 1902, and it had a brief hiatus, and then it resumed the New Year's tradition in 1916, and then with the new stadium, uh, the 1923 game was born, and after that, it's just been a the granddaddy of them all so to say <laughs> absolutely so this is a by my count i think this is actually the the seventh game that was played in pasadena on new year's eve or i'm sorry on new year's day uh all in you know that 14 year hiatus uh with the exception but the you know the first game that they had uh back in 1902 and this ends up being the seventh one played by my count yes and it's funny because at this time period in the early 1920s the California Golden Bears, they were the dominant power on the West Coast, you know, on the college football scene. But they declined the invitation to represent the Pacific Coast Conference. So USC, they were in their first year of PCC membership. They were the substitutes. And Cal's loss was USC's gain and Penn State's misery because Penn State's the team that they played in that Rose Bowl. Okay, so how, how did the Southern Cal do during the regular season? Oh, they were phenomenal. They were your typical USC team under uh, Elmer Gloomy Gus Henderson, the head coach, who basically made this team what it was at that time. Everybody always says Howard Jones was the one that started everything uh, at USC in the mid-20s, but it was Elmer Henderson that really started to build this team into a national power. And that team under uh, the team captain, Leo Callard, they were 10-1 and overall and three and one in the Pacific coast conference. So they were no pushovers. I mean, the Cal golden bears were, were, you know, a phenomenal team at that time, but USC was no slouch and Penn state coming into the game was six, three and one. Okay. So we have two pretty good teams uh, in this matchup of the Rose bowl. So it really is a uh, kind of with the exception of Cal, you know, uh, declining uh, USC is probably the, the next best team on the West coast at that point. In, in oh, sure. Game. You said that's their first year in the Pacific Coast uh, yes. League. Wow, yes. that's a pretty good record for starting out. Oh, yeah. Well, Hunt Henderson started to bring this team into the into the forefront because before that, they were just playing, you know, a lot, lot of local, very small schools. They were playing like Whittier, uh, Panoma, and some of them were even high schools that they were playing. And then Henderson changed all that in the early 20s. And uh, he was responsible, truly responsible for making USC a powerhouse that they are today. Do you have any names of some of the maybe the outstanding players for, for USC? Oh yeah, we had we had a, a Roy Baker was the one gentleman's name, and they used to call him Bullet Baker, and he was just uh, 
a phenomenal ball. He dazzled the opposition with his quickness, and the Trojans used that weapon to carry themselves into the first Rose Bowl. Um, he, was, he was just a phenomenal talent. One of the very first USC backs that that really um, really made a name for himself. Um, he he attended Long Long Beach Poly High School, which was you know like a pipeline for USC at that time. And he won the 1918 California High School Football Player of the Year award. And once again, no, I did not play against him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a couple years behind you. Couple years. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. <laughs> hey, you set it up. I had had to toss it in there. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's sorry. Okay. So, so that means that's some pretty good uh, stock of a uh, back there. If he's getting, you know, California player of the year in high school and uh, USC, you know, getting them. So that's a, a blue chip uh, prospect. We would call it oh, today yeah. for them. Because... A blue chipper. Yeah. Without a doubt, he was blue chip. And how about uh, any other players USC had that were sort of maybe standouts that uh, you know, made a difference? Oh, there was half bad Gordon Campbell and a little piece of trivia here. He was the very first person to ever score a touchdown in USC's bowl game history. And Ooh, this was okay. that Rose Bowl. So, yeah, the name Gordon Campbell. All right. We'll have to remember that if you're uh, sitting at your local drinking uh, establishment and you have, again, one of those uh, sports trivia games. That'd be a good one to know. Yes, Gordon Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, how, how about their opponents in this Rose Bowl at Penn State? What do, you, what do we know about them? Well, their coach was Hugo Bezdick. And um, it was a really interesting story revolving around this game. The scheduled kickoff was set to start at 2.15 p.m. And it was already running 10 minutes behind schedule. But Penn State was not there at the Rose Bowl yet. And nobody could understand why U.S. or Penn State got stuck in traffic. Well, Hugo Bezdek requested, and he received extra time to allow his players the opportunity to go through warm-up drills. But the additional time was not appreciated by USC. And uh, it was so great that the, the, the dismay was so great that uh, Elmer Henderson and Bezdek came close to waging a prize fight against each other over the issue. And there are some rumors that they actually did stage a fist fight over this. You know, so USC came into the game. They were very, very upset at this. And it started to show at first because it started an hour late. And the extra time gave Penn State a little bit, little bit, a little bit of time to get used to it. And Henderson's uh, moniker of Gloomy Gus had to be apparent when the Nittany Lions they took a three to nothing lead in the first quarter on a twenty yard field goal by Mike Palm. So that's another trivia question there. First points to ever be scored, Mike Palm. Uh, but however, after that initial score, none of the additional time needed to warm up helped the representatives from the Keystone State. Uh, they were held to five first downs and only 104 yards of total offense. Meanwhile, the Trojans' first taste of bowl competition was christened with two touchdowns in the second and third quarters. And here's the name, Gordon Campbell. He scored on a one-yard touchdown run, and then it was followed by John Hawkins' conversion kick. And prior to Campbell's historic tally, Harold Galloway made one of the greatest plays up to that time in college football. On fourth down at the Penn State 10-yard line, Galloway made a spectacular diving catch of a poorly thrown ball from Campbell that helped set up USC's first score. He was knocked out when he landed on the two-yard line and had to sit out the remainder of the quarter. And then Roy Bullet Baker 
scored USC's other touchdown in the third quarter on a one-yard run, and once again, Hawkins added the extra point. For the day, Baker ran the ball 29 times for 123 yards. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, very, very good. And uh, it was uh, it, and another another part of this game. Uh, this game not only proved to be a milestone for the Trojans as a team, but it also marked the beginning of Gil Perrin's passion for the Cardinal and gold. And this gentleman was a big, big fan. He, he attended USC, and he this was the first time that he ever saw the Trojans play. And it started three years later. He began an incredible streak of being in attendance for 797 consecutive USC games. And ironically, ironically, his streak ended in 1998 at the same Rose Bowl Stadium, the site in which he saw his first USC game. Wow. So that's like 70 some years. Oh, yes, he did. He never missed a game. I mean, he was just he was probably the super fan. Let's see our math here. 23 to 98. Yeah, you're looking 70, 75 years. Yeah, jeez. Wow. Yeah, his whole life revolved around that. That is really impressive. Yeah, when you get up to almost 800 games, you have to oh, yeah. have some decades counting down there. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody done. A lot of the movie stars were all into USC football and all, but it didn't compare to 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 his record. So this game started it for him. Wow, that that is imp- very impressive, and glad glad you could mention him. Now, did they have uh, most valuable players in the these early games like that? Leo Callen, Callen, Leo Callen, the. Uh, he was the um, captain of the team. He was a USC guard, and he was named the Rose Bowl player of the game. Uh, and when the award was created in 1953, sections were made interactive, uh, retroactively. So it wasn't given to him, I believe, at that time. But it, in 1953, it was presented to him 30 years after the fact. Okay. Ah, very interesting. So they went back and did some retro. That's where these yes. names are coming up. Okay. Nice. So he didn't get to go to Disney World right after the game, but uh, he did he was, not get to go to Disney World, which I don't even think did, well Disney was even aware of what he was going to create by that time. Pro- probably that not, but uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you know, I I found it was kind of interesting because I see because I've got some attendance, and I'm not sure how accurate the attendances are. But if you look at the last game uh, that was played before the Rose Bowl was open, they had it. They're playing at that tournament park, which is sort of a more temporary stadium. They had fifty thousand people in the nineteen twenty two game uh, between uh, Washington and Jefferson in California, and this this game here they had forty three thousand. But I believe right. that the stadium was in a horseshoe at that point in time. They didn't have the the one end zone completed yet for a few more years. Right. Yeah. They didn't expand it. I believe until, um, you know, I don't even remember when they expanded it. I got that confused with the LA Coliseum also because the LA Coliseum, they it opened up around the same time and they expanded it for the Olympics in 32, but I don't know when they did the Rose bowl. I think it was, might've been that same time, like early thirties when they, they completed it. But, uh, I'll, I'll do some more research on that. We'll we'll catch up on that in a later podcast on this. But yeah, so that's. But I think that, that was just kind of an interesting thing. I saw that drop and I said, "Wow, I wonder why that was." And, and then they you know, were showing the pictures of the Rose Bowl, which I'll try to have uh, up in the banner of, of this episode when we have it on Pigskin Dispatch. We'll put that picture up of the, the Rose Bowl as a horseshoe. So kind of an interesting uh, development. They sort of phased it in to become a bowl later on so it wasn't truly a bowl at this point even though they call it the rose bowl yeah that's that's some great history so thank you for that research on the game and uh you know 
sort of fun hearing back of these games that happened a hundred years ago. Just to let you know, you know, also Rose Bowl, um, the Raiders won their very first Super Bowl at the Rose Bowl, January 9th, 1977, with Ken Snake Stabler at quarterback. I'm sorry, I had to get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, one that I like to hear too, because uh, Freddie Blitnikoff was the MVP of that Super Bowl, I believe. And yes. he's from he's from Erie, where I live. Actually, yes. there's a, yes. a high school stadium that's uh, about a mile from where I'm sitting right now, named after Fred Blitnikoff. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. Yeah, he had four catches in that game, set up two touchdowns with those catches. Yeah, so he, he was quite the player, both at Florida State and uh, with the Raiders. So, yeah, yeah they had that Litnikoff Award for him from college. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, we can have that for another show, though. <laughs> right. Well, it sort of segues into my, my next question, because I know uh, you have a, a podcast where you, you talk a lot about the Raiders and uh, some other things. And maybe uh, you'd like to just you know share with us a little bit about how that's going and uh, you know, where people can find that podcast. Oh, it's great. I'm having the time of my life. I was interviewed last year uh, by uh, Josh Murphy, who goes by Murph's Fan Cave, um, and it was Raiders Fan Radio. And he interviewed me, and then he asked me on the show, he goes, would I be interested in doing a show on his network uh, about the, the uh, history? So he did that before the show started. So, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. So I was basically just bombed on endorphins, you know, when he was telling me this. So I put together the shows. The first couple of shows were just terrible. You know, you could hear papers dropping, almost kind of like I was doing a few, a few <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah. And, you know, the papers were dropping and everything. And uh, they, they were terrible. You know, I, and I was, I, I, I was, you know how it is when you, you think that you're being funny and then you don't have anybody to talk to. You just see this needle going up and down on, on audacity. And I was like, oh my gosh. But uh, then I really got really got into it. I, I, I have these two great guys that I work with, Matt and Bruce, and all the stories that I always tell them and everything, they would always start laughing. So I kind of pictured them and they would be laughing at this. And that really helped me get, you know, going on the on the show. And I'm almost up to episode 50 now over two years. And I, awesome. I do it once, once a week, once a week. But I do take a I do take breaks in between. And it's going great. And uh, it's part of Raider. You just go to Raiders Fan Radio and you look for flashback on there. And um, like I said, the first couple episodes, please, folks, they, they, they were awful. Give me a break on those. But um, I, I'm having the time of my life with it. It's just uh, incredible to bring all this this history back to life. Hey, and it's very, it, very, 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 well every, everybody starts off a little slow. Under look at Peyton Manning's uh, rookie year in the NFL. Was it wasn't so hot, but look what it would happened with them, you know. So that's true. That's so, true. So you yeah. get better. You get better with more experience. So that's uh, that's good. When I find when I find out, you know, I have you know f fans in you know in other countries and all too. That 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 really that just blows me away. It just blows me away, and uh, um, I'm so surprised at you know the success that I'm, I was able to have with it. Well, that that's great. I mean, Raider Nation is definitely a, a big uh, supportive fan base. So that's great that they have uh, you know some shows like yours to to cheer on Raiders and remember Ra Raiders history and some of these great uh, gridiron legends that played in the black and silver. Well, I'll tell you, Ra Raider Nation is um uh it, it reaches out. Um, I'm setting up a few more projects that I want to do on the Raiders and people are willing to help and they just come through, uh, whether it's the the person in charge of the Raiderettes or anybody else that, that's involved with the Raiders, they're right there for you. And it truly is a family. And, and I know, you know, you have a lot of fan bases that listen to the show and hopefully there's a few from Raider Nation, but um, I, I couldn't be prouder to be a part of it. Well, that is great. And, uh, you know, we wish you all the luck on that. And uh, 
we, we hope that, um, you know, we thank you for, for coming on today and sharing with this Rose Bowl memory with us. And, uh, you know, we know we've got you signed up for a few more of these too. So we'll have you on in next week or two uh, talking about another great uh, Rose Bowl memory. And uh, we're excited to hear about that too. So thanks a lot for joining us today, Rich. No problem, Darren. I can't wait to dry off and clean up and then jump back in the pig pen with you in a few weeks. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines. So be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleat Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. Pigskindispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of sports yesteryear. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.